Hey there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining us once again on Talk and Fight for another episode featuring Christian from the Friday Night Panel and his ongoing exploration of the Olympics and specifically boxing at the Olympics. And right now we have qualifiers underway over in Paris, and I think you have an update for us. Am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. This is obviously we haven't talked since Friday, and this has been going on throughout the weekend. Fights happening this morning, fights happening this afternoon, fights happening tomorrow. So we're going to do a quick recap of uh, yesterday and a little bit about what happened this morning. Uh, just as since uh, just yesterday, we had uh, 20 quota places were filled. So wow. we saw 20 new Olympians as of yesterday filled the spot, those spots. That doesn't necessarily mean that the tournament's over, because remember, for some of these people, you only have to make it as far as quarters to actually qualify for the Olympics. Okay, so... 20 spaces at uh, stake as of yesterday in the uh, women's featherweight event to sign the first four of those at the beginning of the afternoon sessions. Irma Testa of Italy beat Croatia's Nikolina Karcic uh, in the very first bet of the day with a landslide unanimous decision. The Italians showed great potential, leaving few chances for her opponents throughout the uh, first three rounds there. Now, in the Carl, I promise I will get to the British boxers. I do, I do promise. They are in here today and yesterday. <laughs> now, in that same weight category, uh, Bulgaria's Stanimira Petrova beat Great Britain's Karis Artenstall. See, I told you I'd get to them, Carl, uh, by split decision, claiming a quota place and advancing to the semifinals. Now, there she's going to be meeting up with Michaela Walsh of Ireland, who outdid Sweden's Stephanie Tower uh, to qualify for Tokyo. Now, Petrova, who is not third seed at the moment, and Walsh is seated number two, uh, this sets up a... Uh, a really good semi, which is going to give us at least a glimpse of what we might be taking a look at uh, in Tokyo in a little less than 50 days now. Now, Michaela's brother, Aiden Walsh, also qualified for Tokyo just minutes later after his sister competing in the men's welterweight category. And he had to uh, go up against uh, Yeveni Barbanov of Ukraine uh, in a 3-2 split decision for claiming his spot. Another family affair to unfold is in, in the welter class is Great Britain's Pat McCormick as he secured his uh, pass to Tokyo one day after his uh, twin brother Luke did the same in the lightweight event. Uh, now, uh, Pat, uh, you know, he lived up to the expectations of his fans. He went through the rounds kind of in his own style, you know, boxing with extreme confidence to outscore Georgia's uh, Oscar Khan Medyev in a unanimous decision. In the 69-kilogram semifinal is going to be, end up seeing Russia's Andrei Zemkovoy, or sorry, I should say, was supposed to see Russia's uh, Andrei Zemkovoy against Azerbaijan's Lorenzo uh, Calzo Stadomir, who was seated number three. Now, both of those guys claimed an Olympic berth yesterday. However, uh, today, that was supposed to take Ben, and Stadomir was unable to uh, compete. So uh, the Russian goes through uh, on a, automatically on a walkover for a... Uh, final until he makes it to the gold medal bout sadly because i was looking forward to that bout uh three out of four of the top seeded boxers in the men's middleweight category uh advanced to semi-finals all gaining tickets to tokyo so that's andre uh sesmez of slovakia seated number four and he won a very technical bout against lancelot proton de la chapelle of belgium after studying and measuring his opponent for the throughout the first two rounds the slovak expert finished the job with a breathtaking assault in the third and final round moving forward on his road to tokyo with a unanimous decision now in the semi-final he is going to be meeting up with uh gleb bakshi of russia 
who also claimed an Olympic quota today uh, against his opponent, Vitaly uh, Bandarenka, uh, abandoned, unfortunately. So he had, again, another walkover. Uh, second seeded, Alexander Kizhniak of Ukraine also made it through his quarterfinal. No, uh, no surprises there, as Adam Chartoy of Sweden was disqualified. He's now uh, up to, for a match against Armenia's Armin Dachinyan. Sorry, Darchinian, in the who was uh, the fourth boxer uh, to qualify in that weight class today. Top-ranked heavyweight boxers competing uh, here, uh, as we saw Russia's Gads Himgamadova. Sorry, Gads Himagadova. Third time's a charm, I swear, Graham. Muslim Gads Himagomedev. Himagomedev. Gads Himagomedev. It's on there somewhere. Either way, confirmed to be one of the favorites for this race in Tokyo, which means by the time we get to Tokyo, I will have to learn how to pronounce his name. So today he made it through an intense uh, quarterfinal against Italy's Aziz Abbas uh, Muhadin. Now, Muslim won the first round, losing uh, then in the second uh, round to the Italian. As Muhadin engaged him with furious series of punches, Gaz Himagademov, Eventually managed to regain control of the ring in the third round, winning by split decision. In the semifinal, he is going to be up against Anmar Abdulabar of Germany, who produced an outstanding performance today against Ulad Zizlau Simol Ikau of Belarus by a unanimous decision. Emmanuel Reyes Pla of Spain and Chevon Clark of Great Britain are going to be meeting up in that second semifinal. That one's due to happen in the afternoon or evening card, depending on where you are today. So that'll be happening a little later on. Sparring partner for the Olympic champion, Anthony Joshua, Fraser Clark of Great Britain, did, though, have to uh, fight his way uh, to fulfill his quarterfinal dreams here for the Games. But he did make it today after, uh, sorry, yesterday now, after beating Turkey's Barak Akar by unanimous decision in their super heavyweight quarterfinal. In the semifinal, he is going to be going up against Ivan Veryasov of Russia, who outscored Peter Belbarov of Bulgaria to qualify for the Games himself and advanced in uh, to the semis in this competition. France's Olympic hope, Murad Aliyev, will go up against Azerbaijan's Mahmoud Abduliev. Now, that was yesterday. So that took us through uh, everyone who qualified as of yesterday. Now, we took a look at today's morning bouts as well. And what happened uh, this morning was a little different because everyone we're seeing today has already qualified for the game. So at this point, the morning session was purely to move us farther along in the actual tournament, which, again, although these people have qualified for the games, Moving farther, you know, a, uh, a gold medal versus a bronze medal at this point in time, you're going to get better seeding in the Tokyo tournament. So it's still very important, uh, these results, as we get closer and closer to the end of this tournament. So we started off this morning's session with the women's flyweight, where we saw Turkey's uh, Busanez Kakaroglu up against Bulgaria's Krastova. Now, in the first round, this was a fairly uneventful with both fighters kind of picking their punches patiently, and with the the first round being scored on a 3-2 split uh, decision for Krastova of Bulgaria. Now, in the second round, Krastova... Uh, sorry, um, it should also be noted here that Krastova has actually gone up against Nicola Adams nine times over the course of her career with, uh, with zero success so far. But, you know, it does uh, highlight her experience in this sport at this point. And she was definitely the more experienced fighter. And come the second round, she was really controlling the pace of this fight. Uh, but unfortunately, it was landing fewer shots of consequence. She was chasing her around the ring, uh, 
but just you know just not landing where she needed to and ended up losing this round on all cards uh, and was clearly frustrated by the time she got into the uh, third round of this one here and just did not have the energy and just ran out of steam and ultimately this one was called for the Turkish fighter Kak Iroglu and we'll be seeing a little bit more of her shortly. In the same uh, weight division here, the next bout up, we saw Charlie Davidson, Supermum Charlie Davidson, up against Italy's Jordana Sorrentino. Now, this one was a battle of southpaws. Round one saw boxers uh, both kind of working to figure each other out again, uh, with jabs mostly dominating this round. Sorrentino landing with some moderate success, despite her noticeable height and reach uh, disadvantage. Uh, uh, compared to Charlie Davidson here. This round was uh, given to Davidson on a 3-2 split. In the second round, Sorrentino was starting to show signs of fatigue, and the round was marked mostly by clinches and body shots, and fighting on, as well as uh, a lot of fighting on the inside. Round two, again, goes to Davidson right across the board. Now, once we got into the third round, Sorrentino was really looking to make up ground that she had lost over the last couple of rounds uh, and started working double jabs. But uh, Davidson got her time, has at this point in time, really had her timing down and it was just giving her limited success. So Davidson uh, in this round was by far the more active fighter. Again, Sorrentino was running out of steam and it paid off in this fight between uh, both of which were national champions. So Price is now going to be up against Turkey's Karkaroglu in the uh, final for that one. Moving on to the women's uh, welters, uh, we saw Turkey's uh, Busanaz Sormanelli uh, up against Ukraine's Anna Lysenko. Now, right from the bell, these two were trading punches in the first round. Sormanelli found her range early, however, and uh, ending with the Turkish fighter taking the first round comfortably on all cards. Into the second round, uh, Sormanelli you know, was seen using a kind of a rarely seen thing these days, which was a cross-arm defense. So it's going a little old school on that one, you know. Um, Lysenko uh, being pushed back onto the ropes, and she was just clearly being outboxed and losing on all cards again uh, in the second round. Lysenko looked a little uh, rough heading back to her, uh, into her corner, legs a bit shaky, whereas uh, Sermonelli literally skipped back to her corner at the end of that, uh, at the end of that round. Obviously not tiring yet. So Lysenko was trying to make up ground in the third, trying to summon that last ditch and a burst of energy. While Sermonelli just kind of steadily worked body shots at this point, clearly tiring out Lysenko. And uh, Sermonelli just bobbing and weaving at that point, smiling and visibly enjoying herself through the end of this match. And it went on unanimous decision to the Turkish fighter Sermonelli. Okay, moving along. We saw Italy's Angela Carini up against Germany's Nadine Abst. Now, Abst right out of the gate missed her footing and in a bit of an embarrassment landed right on the canvas. Uh, both were aggressive, though, in the first round, although neither seemed to be able to find their range with any kind of, any kind of consistency. Uh, neither one of them happy to box on the inside, so we saw a, a lot of measuring, a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth on this one, but not a whole lot of shots of consequence in the first round. Uh, first round did go to the German on a 3-2 uh, split on the cards there. In the second round, Carini, hoping to make up ground that she had lost in that first round, was far more mobile, dancing around the outside. Well, Apps uh, at this point seemed to have found her range uh, to Carini's uh, uh, disadvantage there. In round three, 
Karini up the intensity, but really all this ended up doing was making her walk into Abst's uh, jabs and shots at that point in time. And this one went on unanimous decision to the German. Up in the women's middleweight category, we saw Great Britain's Lauren Price up against uh, Ireland's Ifo Rourke. Now, aggression, uh, this was an aggressive start to this contest, and this was a rematch as uh, the last time uh, these two got together, uh, I believe uh, Price took O'Rourke in that one as well, and that was at a world championship. And right off the hop, O'Rourke was having a bit of a hard time finding her range and ended up paying for it pretty badly there in the first round, losing that one right across the board on all cards. In the second round, O'Rourke was looking to close the distance uh, as Price kept her at arm's reach. Price making good use of counterpunching as O'Rourke tried to close that gap throughout the course of this round. And once again, though, Price took this one pretty easily, O'Rourke being outboxed pretty solidly, which I won't lie, I was expecting a bit of a closer contest between these two. In the third round, really at this point on points, all Price needed to do was stay out of trouble. And she did. She stayed mobile. And O'Rourke, uh, you know, she upped up the intensity in the end, relying, uh, but Price just relied on, you know, superior footwork and jabs to keep the Irish fighter at arm's length and to kind of cruise by this one pretty easily on points. Ultimately, O'Rourke just never really figured the southpaw out. She just, it was not her day for southpaws. In the men's welter, we saw Great Britain's Pat McCormick up against Ireland's Aidan Walsh. Okay, so McCormick, is, as you guys know, will be heavily favored in this tournament as well as the games themselves. These two last saw each other at the Commonwealth Games in Gold Coast in 2018. And at that meeting, McCormick got the better of Walsh. So off the hop, Walsh was spent much of the first round on the back foot. Um, with uh, McCormick chasing him around the ring. Eventually, uh, the pair of them being warned by the referee that they do have a duty to actually engage during this fight. So McCormick landed a couple of questionable shots while being given directions from the ref. So, you know, it, it was what it was. They were, they were legal, but they were right on the fringe illegal, if you ask me. Moving into the second round, Walsh was determined not to be on the back foot for this round. So he came out and started pressing McCormick early on. Um, McCormick being warned about in this one about hitting the, in the back of the head partway through this round. This one got a bit scrappy. Um, McCormick did land a huge left uppercut partway through this round, uh, landing the two of them in a clinch in which the ref had to stop them again and, uh, you know, to land warnings here about keeping the shots legal. Walsh once again finds himself on the back foot. Now at this point, he is a switch hitter, so he attempted to change up styles here and go to his southpaw stance and hopefully, and hopefully confuse McCormick a bit here with, the, you know, kind of some minimal success, but he did it a bit late in the round. And by the time we saw him coming back into the third round, he had abandoned that and gone back to a more uh, or gone back to an orthodox stance here. Now, coming into the third round, McCormick did have some swelling around the right eye, but from what I was seeing, this might have been uh, uh, just an aggravation of an injury that he was bringing into this match from a previous bout because I didn't see Walsh land anything with enough consequence during this bout to that point that would have uh, suggested the injury that we were starting to see uh, swell on McCormick here. But this was a much less mobile round uh, with both fighters happy to do a bit of trading here. Uh, neither one of them wanted to work on the inside uh, in the third here. Um, again, Walsh back into an orthodox stance, uh, but he just couldn't stay off his back foot today. And at the end of the day, McCormick took this one on points and he will be the one facing the uh, Russian Zemkavoy in the finals there.
But, you know, we're still likely to see these guys uh, meet up again in the actual games themselves. So, you know, well, that should be a good one. We'll see the, uh, the end of the trilogy on that one. In the men's light heavyweight, we saw Great Britain's Ben Whitaker up against Luka Plantic of Croatia. Uh, happy belated birthday, Ben. Uh, ben Whitaker turned 24 just yesterday. Uh, so right off the hop in this one, uh, Plantage keeping Whitaker on the back foot. He came out very aggressive. And uh, landing, uh, Whitaker did manage to land a couple of solid uppercuts early in this round, or one in particular. And that was uh, very much to do with Plantage's uh, insistence on on pushing and pressing on Whitaker here. Uh, now, about partway through this one, uh, Whitaker did lose his mouth guard, uh, forcing a stoppage here. Uh, That's about halfway through the first round. Plantage uh, was... Uh, it was a good sport here, and I uh, shrugged off an obviously low shot from Whitaker and kept this bout moving along when he could have taken probably uh, probably milked this one if he wanted to. Now I'm not saying it was intentional, but it was a fairly low shot. Plantage's insistence on pressing Whitaker though did allow Whitaker to make uh, good use of his jab uh, with some success here. But the body work that Plantage was doing early in this round, as he was pressing Whitaker onto the back foot, gave him a 4-1 win on the first round off cards. And again, that was almost entirely due to the body work that he was landing. So obviously his idea in this one was going to be early body shots and let's try to tire Whitaker out. So coming into the second round, uh, Plantage catches a warning almost right after the bell about keeping his shots legal. Uh, and at this point, Whitaker seems to have kind of gotten uh, Plantage's uh, the measure of him. He's, they've got, he's got his speed. He knows where these shots are coming from. He's starting to bob and weave a little bit more. Now, uh, about halfway through this round, or about 30, actually a little farther than halfway through this round there, Whitaker unfortunately did lose a point, had a point deducted for holding. And this one was pretty cut and dry. It's not something we normally see from this fighter, but he, he did. He had, uh, he had both Plantage's arms locked under his and he was not listening to the ref when the ref was uh, instructing him to let go so now he did take this one on points in the second round but unfortunately having lost the first round and now having been docked a point in the second round what would have been scored a 10-9 round in Whitaker's favor he loses a point now he scores us down into a 9-9 round so this makes the scoring in the third round really really important for this bout and that is the exact moment that my feet cut out yeah. So with my feed the, deciding to jump back in and join me just as both fighters tumble to the ground and the bell sounds for the end of the third. Uh, so as you can well imagine, I was livid, uh, but assured by the commentators that I had missed an epic battle uh, and some great shots as neither one of these boxers had wanted to leave this one in the hands of the judges. Now, this did go to the hands of the judges. However, though, we do know that. And on a split decision, Ben Whitaker moves forward on this one. Plantage, though, obviously not happy as uh, with, with the decision of that one. And uh, there was some murmurings about an appeal on that, but we'll see if anything comes of that. I don't think so. Again, because at the end of the day, both of these fighters have already secured their... Uh, their spots for Tokyo. Uh, this afternoon sessions, which should be short, starting shortly, uh, are actually going to be deciding a, a bunch more spots for Tokyo as about half of those matches are going to be Olympic box-offs from quarterfinal losers uh, or people who have lost the quarterfinals. I shouldn't call them losers. I guess they are an Olympic uh, qualification. But uh, we're going to be seeing some box-offs. So this afternoon, we are definitely going to see some more spots for Tokyo decided. So that's my afternoon. That's what I've got going on. And that's what I've got going around the rings today.
Wow, that was a very in-depth report, I must say. Uh, well, we and, have two days to get through. And it sounds like uh, it was much more exciting than some of the boxing that I was witnessing this weekend on the professional side of things. Tell me you're not talking about that sideshow. I'm not talking about anything right. other than some of the bouts right. that I was watching on my big screen that are considered professional. Um, it was the first really, really nice hot day of the year here, like for nighttime, for those of you watching from overseas here in the city. So myself and my neighbor, we uh, we took the big screen last night for the, uh, the title fights and we put it right out on the front porch put some chairs out on the front porch and had drinks outside and uh, and just started updating all the past pedestrians walking by as to how the fights were going. It was a good night. That's the way to do it. Right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and look forward to the report tomorrow. Oh, I'll be here. Thank you very much. And thanks very You're much welcome. for your viewership for uh, tuning in for us.